BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is the Pulse of St. Louis. Welcome to the Pulse of St. Louis. I'm Shirley Washington. You know, the Gateway City is hosting its inaugural STL Startup Week throughout the region, November 1st through the 9th. And the event is designed to celebrate the success of small business owners, startups, and entrepreneurs. Joining me now, Dr. Erica Barnell. She is the Chief Science Officer and Co-Founder of Genoscopy. Dr. Nadia Shakur, she is CEO and Co-Founder of Agrilla Ecosystems. Tylesha Summers, she is Co-Founder of Spendet and Phyllis Ellison, Vice President of Partnership and Program Development for Cortex and Community Organizer of STL Startup Week. Thank you all so much for being here. I appreciate it. Phyllis, this sounds like an incredible event. Tell us about it. Give us the backstory about how it came about. We were so excited to have STL Startup Week kicking off here. Um, this is actually a discussion that's been going on for seven or eight years. And every year everyone says we really should be doing this. Denver has a great Startup Week. Kansas City has a great Startup Week. We have so many fabulous resources here in St. Louis, we should be doing one as well to really showcase what we have. So this year has been the time that we, we got about 25, 30 organizations together at the table who said, yes, we wanna do this. It's important to showcase what we have in the region. And there are even more people here that could take advantage of the resources that we have. And let's talk about the resources, what's available? Uh, there are different events and activities um, for mentoring and coaching, funding resources, our co-working spaces, the offices and labs, and even a professional kitchen. You have a chance to visit all of that. So I wanna talk about each of your respective businesses. So let's start with you first, Dr. Burnell, and work our way down the line, okay? Absolutely. So as mentioned, I'm the Chief Science Officer at Genoscopy. We are a healthcare startup company that's non-invasively assessing gastrointestinal health to potentially replace eliminating colonoscopies for patients with colorectal cancer, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, things like that. Now, how did that come about? <laughs> yeah. um, my undergraduate research was focused on environmental enteropathy. We were looking at non-specific inflammation for kids in Africa, and we were really successful at isolating eukaryotic or human cells from stool samples. And I thought, you know, this would be a great opportunity to apply to other gastrointestinal diseases such as colorectal cancer or Crohn's, which is a huge problem in the United States. So we took that technology out of the university at WashU and started Genoscopy. That is awesome. Dr. Shakur, tell us about your business, please. Sure, so I'm uh, the CEO of Agrella Ecosystems and we're an ag tech startup that started here in St. Louis out of the Danfor Donald Danforth Plant Science Center. And I'm also a research scientist there. And a few years ago, um, I really needed an affordable and scalable platform to monitor what was happening out in our crop fields. And so myself and some colleagues, we developed a platform called the Phenode. It's basically a technology that sits out in the field, gathers data from a whole suite of different sensors and transmits them to the cloud and onto your cell phone or your tablet. 
And uh, with technologies like the Phenode, our mission as companies is to really lower that barrier to entry for advanced crop improvement technologies for researchers like myself, and ultimately develop these type of technologies, high quality research devices for farmers as well. Wow, that's incredible. Tylesha, tell us about Spindet. Sure, Spindet is a financial technology company that helps people pay off debt as they spend money. So whether in debt or not, we know that people will continue to spend money and spend that works in parallel with everyday spending habits. So how it works is every time a user makes a debit transaction, they can set a predefined amount. So let's say it's a dollar and that's added to every debit transaction. And at the end of the month, we aggregate those, those micropayments and we send a one-time payment on behalf of the user to their creditor of choice. That's incredible. It sounds like it will help them pay off their debt sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so one area where we're focusing on is going into universities and getting students, letting them know, like, you can pay off your debt now. You don't have to wait until you graduate college and get hit, right, from all the bill collectors right, right. and Sally Mae coming. Because they will be calling. That's right. That's right. So start <laughs> now. now. You have an engineering background, correct? Yes, I'm a chemical engineer by degree, and my husband, who's the founder of the company, is an electrical engineer. Wow, that's impressive. So Phyllis, just fill us in because this is really incredible to see all these women yes. starting all of these businesses, yes. you know, and work. <laughs> let's talk numbers. What are we seeing in that regard? Um, so in St. Louis, we are ranked number two in the country for the number of women entrepreneurs. And it's estimated that about 45% of the startups in the region are started by women. So it's really impressive to see that many women coming into the business place. And obviously we've got a great selection of women here that have wonderful technical backgrounds as well. And um, seen an increase of, of women founded companies in those fields. So tell me about the kinds of support that women get especially as, as they attend the, your event that's coming up November right. 1st. So um, across all of our organizations, there are 75 support organizations in St. Louis that provide different stages of support, mentoring, uh, maybe even providing a, a, a potential founder um, that can partner with the existing founder and provide some of the business expertise that pairs up really well with a technical background. So a whole range of support like that. Uh, during the week, there are a couple different events um, the WISER event, Women in Science, Entrepreneurship and Research, is on November 1st. We also have, um, so you have a great chance to hear different speakers and learn about technology there. Um, there are a couple different events through the week and we end up on Friday, uh, November 8th, uh, with a panel for women founders that will be held at ThriveCo in Clayton. So there are different places in the region. So geography, you can find something in your neighborhood. You can also find something that really pertains to the industry that you're in, or again, finding coworkers and co-founders that um, are going down the same journey and path that you are. Is this event open to the public? So all of these events are open to the public. Almost all of them are free. A few of them have a small fee related to them. And the website, um, St. Lewis, startupweek.com um, outlines all of these. People can select the uh, events that, re that really relate to them and pick the ones that, that are meaningful. This is not a week of speakers where you have to show up on Monday and you listen th to speakers through Friday. This is really picking and choosing the events that pertain most to, to your interest um, and to the field that you're working in. That's awesome. Dr. Shakur, let's talk about some of the challenges that you may have encountered when you started your business and how did you overcome them? And that's a question, Talisha, I also want you to answer, and Dr. Right. Brunel as well. 
Yeah, so I mean, like any startup, I think our biggest challenge has been raising capital. And so we were really lucky in 2017 um, through St. Louis, we received an Arch Grants and that really kickstarted our sort of fundraising and efforts. And, you know, we've, like, like Phyllis mentioned, we've had a lot of really great resources here in St. Louis that have helped us along the way. Um, groups like BioSTL um, providing financial support or iSelect providing I advisory support. We've had a lot of kind of uh, support in that way. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Talisha, what about you? Yeah, so I would mimic the same. So um, from St. Louis, we actually became a part of Arch Grant. So we were 2018 Arch Grant recipients. So capital was our challenge. Um, so they provided us with an equity-free grant and we, we actually relocated from Houston up to St. Louis. So wow. they brought us back and my husband's originally from St. Louis. So it was coming back home um, for him. And so then in addition, since we've been here, we've been a part of I-10, which helps you as one of those 75 entities across the St. Louis area. And recently we became a part of Capital Innovators, which also provided us funding and resources, mentors, helping us with marketing, I mean, you name it. I mean, there's a resource out in St. Louis to help you with it, no matter what stage of your company. That's great in. stuff. Dr. So. Barnell, what about you? Challenges and how did you overcome them? Yeah, our biggest challenge was more surrounding the lab space and building out the infrastructure required to execute our clinical trials. So we were fortunate enough to have space provided to us at um, the Cortex District in Biogenerator, and we had access to a lot of shared equipment that we needed that we couldn't invest in, you know, being a small startup. Um, it was provided to us for free or at cost, which allowed us to execute a lot of clinical trials that supported um, and validated our Series A execution that happened this fall. That's incredible. Phyllis, talk a little bit about the importance of networking and being in the same space, creating all these wonderful ideas, because I know it's inspiring. It's incredibly inspiring, and it is important. Um, it should not be underestimated underestimated um, the value of sharing ideas and to learn from each other. Uh, being an entrepreneur can be rather lonely. You, you may not have co-workers uh, or even your, your partner may be in a different city or a different location. So getting a chance to share ideas on a regular basis, get feedback, um, talk to experts in the industry, talk to potential customers to make sure you're on the right path um, and producing a product or a service that people actually want. Getting that feedback sooner and more frequently is really critical to the success of these companies and how they grow. And as the women pointed out, financing is a huge challenge. Yeah. So what resources are available to address that need? Um, financing is a challenge for every startup. It has nationally been a challenge, um, especially for equity investment. It's been a challenge for women. Um, and so there is a, an awareness building campaign here in St. Louis to really make sure whether it's about hiring, whether it's about investing, whether it's about making sure we've got mentors and support services available for women, it's making people conscious of the choice and to not just pick people that look like you do um, when you're, you're putting your time and effort into these companies. And I think that's helped raise awareness and put a, an emphasis on the fact that we need to be investing in all good technologies, no matter who's running them. It sounds like this is an exciting time to be in St. Louis um, for entrepreneurs and startups. This is an incredibly exciting time. We've really been growing this community for about 15 years, which feels like a long time, but to grow a really robust startup community, it's a 30 to 40 year effort. So uh, we're still growing as a community. We have some great organizations and it's fabulous to see uh, companies coming into the marketplace year after year. Like you said, it's inspiring. And I love that I get to go to work every day and meet people 
like this group um, that are doing great things and bringing things into the marketplace. They are impressive. Tylesha, are you attending the conference Startup Week? And Absolutely. What do you hope to get out of it? Um, meeting people and connecting. Um, it would be great, obviously, if we could have connections with investors and be able to speak with them one-on-one. -on -one. We'll actually be having a booth um, next week, and then as a part of Arch Grants, we'll be participating and pitching our company to a room full of investors. So it's really networking and meeting investors as much as we can. Awesome. Dr. Shakur, what about you? Uh, very similar type activities. Um, I'm, I'm participating in the Wiser Conference on a panel as well. Um, Startup Connection will have a booth there also and the Arch Grants pitch as well. So there's a lot of fun things yeah. happening yeah. this week. Yeah, Dr. Bornell? We're growing, so we're looking to expand our team and, and try to bring some good talent into the company. And so that's what I hope to get out of the Startup Connection. Nice, when you make that pitch, Tylesha, what goes into it? Because I understand it's intense. <laughs> <laughs> It's intense, um, but you really, depending on how much time you have, typically when you do a pitch, it's like three to five minutes. So you really need to focus on what, what do you need to convey to the audience to get to that next conversation? Like that's the goal. You can't fit everything realistically in a three to five minutes about what you've done and all the great you know, progress you've made. So it's what are those key points that at least get you to that next conversation? And that's what you need to focus on. Well, I wanna thank you all so much for being here and thank you so much for what you're doing and congratulations on your projects. Phyllis, thank you. Thank you, thank so, you. Much. Thank you so much. Hey John, let's put on the screen one more time where the conference is going to be. There it is, STL Startup Week. November 1st through the 9th. And I understand there's a big event, Phyllis, November 4th from 9 to 10.30. And this is at Innovation Hall in Cortex, 4220 Duncan Avenue. And straight ahead on the pulse of St. Louis, this. Do I groove Is it thrilling? very young legendary singer Denise Times drops by to discuss her upcoming concert which benefits pancreatic cancer. Stay with us. We are back in a moment. To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for The Pulse of St. Louis. My baby don't care for shoes. My baby don't care for clothes. My baby just cares for me. That is the one and only legendary singer Denise Time showcasing her phenomenal talent. She is performing at the 15th annual Mildred Times Foundation Benefit Concert for Pancreatic Cancer Research. The concert is Thursday, October 31st at the Sheldon Concert Hall. That is located at 3648 Washington Boulevard in St. Louis. Now there is a reception that starts at 530 but the concert starts at 7.30. Tickets are available at Metrotix. And joining me now, the one, the only, Denise Times. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Shirley. Oh Thank my you. gosh. <laughs> I was looking at that video and I was like, she's working it. Oh my stars. Oh my goodness. I've been doing this so long, I better do something right. <laughs> How long have you been singing? I have been singing professionally for about 36 years. No. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. And it seems like you can do any genre of music. I try. Jazz, blues, pop, you can do it all. I tried. I try to keep myself, you know, 
open to to those different styles but you know jazz and of course gospel is is are my babies did you start in the church i absolutely started in the church sunny mount baptist church new sunny mount baptist church now and uh, and yeah you know the my church was what pretty much prepared me for the arts and then of course i went to spelman college after that and you know and then theater and started with the st louis black repertory when i got back here and you know the bosman twins hooked me up in the in the jazz world them and bill tucker and and the rest is history, you know. Wow. So, yeah. And now you've started this incredible foundation in honor of your mom. Yes. Tell me about that. Well, in 1997, I lost my mom to pancreatic cancer. I was actually in Singapore when my mother was diagnosed with this disease. I had three weeks uh, to come back to St. Louis, which felt like three months when I found out my mom had cancer. Uh, returning, I knew nothing about this disease. I asked different ones in Singapore. No one had heard of it except for a few people. And one guy mentioned to me that uh, he had a friend whose mom had it and she had passed like within six months uh, of knowing. And uh, so that didn't help any. Um, we, I came home and, you know, I, I was just really desperately trying to find out what is this disease? Why is it fatal? to the point where there's no return. In other words, there was just nothing the doctors could do but the chemo. And at that time, the chemo that they were giving my mom probably was just a general chemo that, you know, they give to cancer patients. But, you know, now, you know, thank God the people at Sightman Cancer Center, they're able to um, really do a lot more things with chemo and the treatment of pancreatic cancer now. But I've always and still am on this search as to why we cannot cure pancreatic cancer. Why does it have to be such a no turning back disease? Did it impact your mom quickly? Uh, fortunately, we had our mom for 11 months. And so the doctor had given her six. And, uh, but you know, we were blessed to have her uh, for 11 months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How did that impact you though, watching your mom go through that? Um, thank you for that question. Uh, you know, I had to grow up real quick. Although I was in my early 30s, I had my, my son, and, uh, but I still had not grown up yet, in a sense. And so, of course, myself and my sisters, we all had to, you know, get it together. Uh, we had to be mom. And believe me, it took all four of us to be mom. So that, that was the, the main thing that I remember, having to have to deal with things that, you know, I really hadn't dealt with yet in my life, you know, so. And that's hard. Yeah, it was. That's hard. It really to, was. To see your mom. But you know, I guess for me, and it was just seeing my dad every day who, it was, it's interesting enough, but it wasn't until later on in life that I thought about what it meant to my father to come home every day to a dying wife. And you're still, of course, sleeping in the same bed and to know that one day when you turn over, that person is not gonna be there. So I had to get busy and I needed to know what is this thing that has taken my mom? Yeah. 
And I've been on that journey ever since. Mm -hmm. For 15 years, I've been on that journey. Wow, and you've been doing a great job raising funds for pancreatic cancer research. Doing it again this year, October yes. 31st, with the yes. concert. Tell me about the concert. What can fans expect? Yeah, um, the concert is, 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 of course, very exciting. Um, uh, I'm going to start with the VIP reception that starts at 530. Normally, we have the wonderful Dr. Lannis Hall, who comes in um, to do a Q&A and sort of give us more information uh, on, you know, pancreatic cancer and other things that we've, we've talked about at this event. This year, we have Dr. Ade Tunji from Siteman Cancer Center. And we also have Dr. Carolyn Henry from the Ellis Fischel Cancer Center in Columbia, Missouri. And so they're gonna be our two guest doctors to talk uh, about pancreatic cancer and uh, the different uh, things that have happened with it. So I'm excited about that and hearing that information. Uh, we're bringing in our special guest comedian, uh, the fantastic Monique Marvez. She is absolutely funny. And I am doing a musical tribute to uh, the just two male crooners that I feel are so underrated, very well known, but I think underrated. That's Al Jarreau and Michael Franks. And then I'm adding some Otis Redding and some Teddy Pendergrass in there. What? So. <laughs> you know that's going to be an awesome night. It's going to be an awesome that's night. Be an awesome night. Bring your grown folk yeah. hat. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And you're right. Al Jarreau was just a phenomenal, phenomenal. amazing singer. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I saw him perform twice at the Two Hill. Uh-huh. Blew me away each time. Well, you know, I was blessed to be in his presence through the wonderful Mr. David Stewart because he actually had Al Jarreau to come in for to celebrate his wife's birthday. So, you know, before, you know, and I was just, you know, that's the beautiful thing about, you know, we can go on about that wonderful man, but, you know, that's a, 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 that was so wonderful that he hired Mr. Jarreau in his latter years. You know, and in this business, you know, to get hired in your latter years, mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. that's a wonderful mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. You have sung for a president of the U.S., right? Yes. You've sung for Aretha Franklin yes. on her birthday. On her 71st birthday. That's incredible to me. <laughs> Thank you. What was that like for you? Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Had to pinch myself. This Aretha Franklin is, she, she, she's my heart. This is the woman that I grew up wanting to be her, sing like her, everything got exposed to her at a very early age at about nine years old because Aretha Franklin's first album when she came out on the scene was a blues album. They didn't know where to put Aretha because she has such a gospel sound in her voice that she certainly couldn't do jazz. So they tried her off with blues on Decca. And uh, my father had that album and that's when I first heard Aretha Franklin and I was in love ever since. So my dad being uh, in the promoting uh, business as well, um, uh, promoted Aretha twice. She came to our house twice. And uh, I was excited. And I followed her everywhere she went in our house because that was the lady who I heard on that album that I wanted to be like. And so, again, through the wonderful Dr. Lannis Hall, she had a 75th birthday party for her father in Detroit. And Aretha was there. And, um, and I, can I tell you about the, the phone call? 
Oh Do we have goodness. time okay, for wait, that? Wait, wait, wait. I want you to tell me about the phone call. Okay. I got to take a break first. Okay. When we come back, we're going to tell you how you can get involved with the Mildred Times Foundation. And we're going to hear this story about the phone call. <laughs> Stay with us. Back in a moment. <laughs> yes. It's real. Welcome back. We are talking with the one and only Denise Times. And before we went to break, remember, she said, I want to tell you about the phone call. <laughs> okay, so tell us about the phone so call. So I got this call, came in anonymous, and uh, I answered the phone, you know, just, you know, okay, yeah. you know, salesperson. Right. May I speak with Denise speaking? Denise, this is Retha Franklin. So, of course, you know. No. I went crazy. And I was calling her Miss Franklin the whole time. Miss Franklin, Miss Franklin, Miss Franklin. She said, uh, look. Don't be calling me Miss Franklin. You ain't no spring chicken. <laughs> she had a sense of humor. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. That's amazing, though, yeah, to be able yeah. to have that memory and that moment yeah. with yeah. such a legend. Yeah, and you were you. talking about um, her blues album. I remember her gospel album, oh, Amazing, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, yes. Every time I hear it, I get chills. Yes. Listen to it often. Yes. All right. Incredible so, album. As part of the upcoming concert, there is also a special family support segment. Tell me about that. We are supporting a wonderful family, uh, the Thompson family, a young lady by the name of Kanisha, who came to us at 39 years old with twin beautiful girls, high school age, has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. So donations she, can be brought to donations Beloved can be Community brought Methodist to Beloved Church. Community Methodist Church on Monday, October 28th at 6:30 p.m. We are in for toiletries, items, you know, Kleenex, tissue, toothpaste, toothbrushes, lotion, soap, Vaseline, you know. Whatever you can whatever give. Whatever you can give. Yeah. All right, and then your concert, Thursday, October 31st. Yes. At the Sheldon Concert Hall. At the Sheldon Hall. Concert Hall. All right, be Michael there. Franks and Al Jarreau. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Ms. Times, thank for being you, here. Thank you, And thank you for joining us for the Pulse of St. Louis. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, download the Pulse of St. Louis podcast in the iTunes or Google Play stores. I'll see you next time.